In an age of weighted GPAs, Instagram DMs, LinkedIn connections, ACTs, SATs, and New Hampshire boating license tests, <laughs> now more than ever, it is important to find something that is calming and restorative. For Jack Rags, maybe it's a morning paddle in between the islands by Wellington State Park. For Jafar, maybe it's rallying with a friend. For Ben Davis, it could be turning a pen on the lathe. After four weeks on Fifth Walk, I've learned that for Mateo, it's listening to Tyler, the creator. For me, it's the feeling of driving my car. Strumming my hands on the wheel, all the windows rolled down, the wind whipping my hair back, belting out the brook and the bluff lyrics, the vitality I feel pressing down on the acceleration. I'll end my poor attempt at witticism here and confess that I actually don't have a car <laughs> or a license or a permit. I've blamed this flaw on the fact that I took the commuter rail from Cambridge out to Concord every morning in high school and that I spent the last eight summers on the hillside, with the exception of my 17-year-old summer when I studied in Chicago and farmed and hiked in Lang, Switzerland. It's probably time I stopped using these as excuses and actually learn how to drive. Ollie loves that he's driving before me and Snapchatted me smiling sheepishly after he got his permit this spring. I wanted to just come forward about my total lack of knowledge regarding driving as the topic I'm going to talk about today is perhaps best represented by the mechanics of a car. Today I'm going to discuss the phenomenon of being stuck in neutral. Since my first summer at Pasquani, the majority of my free time at camp has been filled with play rehearsals. When I wasn't in rehearsal as a camper and had a second of downtime, I was usually at my bunk or on Dana Porch with my head buried in a script, memorizing lines. Talks over fruit on Memhall Porch after soak and games of wall ball were rarities that I cherished. Now it's not that different. I spend a large fraction of my free time blocking scenes on a legal pad like football plays, and the cast of The Cherry Orchard and I try to meet every day to knock off chunks of the challenging play. When I'm up at Bates, my college in Maine, where one of my majors is theater, I also find myself in rehearsal quite a bit. At Bates, I don't have a scheduled meal, tree talk, or mines to get to, so sometimes rehearsals run long enough to warrant the dining staff to cater them. While this sounds a little intense, and my suite mates can't really fathom what's going on when I return to our common room at 10 or 11 at night when they're playing squads on the four TVs we've set up in our common room, <laughs> I genuinely love my time in rehearsal. Rehearsal allows actors and directors to collaborate and sculpt a play which conveys a desired message through strategically planned action. In rehearsals, you can deconstruct a moment and adjust tempo, tone, and blocking until a scene is as close to perfect as it can be. If a line doesn't sound right, you can just run it again and use an inflection in a different place. If a certain cross isn't working during a given rehearsal, you can come back the next day after some sleep and rework the moment. There is no pressure to get a scene right on the first go because there is always time for reflection and adjustment. While rehearsals allow actors and a production team to prepare for an upcoming play, living your life like a rehearsal is destructive and stagnating. During my junior year at Concord, I was so focused on the college application process and who I was gonna be in college that I struggled to figure out who I was that year. Even though this sounds contradictory, thinking about my future actually made me stuck. My grades were the best they'd ever been, but I lost my love of learning, my friendships took a hit, and I wasn't acting anything like myself. 
I took the early train home from school and backed out of plans to differentiate equations or read Tony Kushner, Emily Dickinson, or John Keats. And instead of digesting their spectacular writing in any sort of meaningful way, I found myself just mining for quotes to string together cookie cutter analytical essays. As that year progressed, I grew exhausted, anxious, and lost because I was so focused on a future that was unknown. I felt like I was trying to walk to the old mines in the middle of the night with no flashlight. <laughs> Down the road from Concord Academy is Walden Pond, where Henry Thoreau wrote his famous book, Walden. Thoreau weighs in on the subject of living in the now and says, you must live in the present. Launch yourself on every wave. Find your eternity in each moment. Fools stand on their island of opportunities and look towards another land. There is no other land. There is no other life but this. I was so focused on the attractive, cool island that was college, I missed out on a ton of opportunities in high school, like making friends outside my close-knit social circles or serving my school as an upperclassman. I watched as my friends won cross-country tournaments, ran charity events for the school, and befriended the younger students in their houses as I grinded away in my Kaplan prep book. Once senior spring came, and I was in college already, directing a play and playing lacrosse, I learned how much you can accomplish and how much you can enjoy life when you're not so focused on an abstract future. This spring at Bates, I felt scarily close to how I felt that year in high school. I realized that even once the college process is over, the future still casts a ton more ominous shadows, most of, most of which are a lot more serious than where, where you end up taking a handful of classes. With all my friends going abroad during different semesters next year and getting various internships at professional theaters, financial firms, and labs across the country, I spent the spring preparing for what this summer and next year was going to be like. I fear my preoccupation with the future threw up walls between me and some of the people who I love the most, as I was unable to just be myself in the moment. I was in rehearsal for next year way too early than I should have been, and once again, I found myself stuck in neutral. Since camp stresses and facilitates squeezing the most out of every day, returning to the hillside this June came at the perfect time. Especially this last week, acting as interim scheduler while Jules was away on the long run. I've witnessed firsthand how much you can cram into an afternoon, how much productivity can occur in a two-hour activity period. Living life as if it is a rehearsal is not only distracting, but results in passivity. By living life merely in preparation for the future, the emphasis on work and proactivity is removed. Oh, I can just finish that essay tomorrow night. I don't really feel like going to the gym today. I think I'll just go tomorrow. This will be the last time I get that drunk. I have seven weeks to finish my shop project. I'll just take out a dinghy this afternoon. Instead of like a rehearsal, we should aim to live life like it's a performance. Bright lights, lights bouncing off our faces, a tingling in our fingertips from the urgency felt when performing live. During a performance, there's no rewind button or trimming tool. Every moment counts and should be used effectively. Seven years ago, in the glade behind me, I took on the role of Emily in the 2012 production of Our Town by Thornton Wilder, directed by Harrison Hill. The play is an overview of life in a small New Hampshire town called Grover's Corners. Similar to Hebron, uh, very similar to Hebron, and is separated into three acts. Daily life, love and marriage, and death and eternity. <coughs> in the first two acts, the audience learns about Emily's childhood and family and her budding romance with the boy next door, George. The third act opens at a graveyard, two rows of chairs occupied by various characters from the play. One of these characters is Emily, <coughs> who has recently died giving birth. 
Emily, with the help of the character called the stage manager, chooses to go back into the living world to re-experience her childhood. Ultimately, Emily can't handle watching herself as a child and monologues, I can't. I can't go on. It goes so fast. We don't have time to look at one another. I didn't realize. So all that was going on and we never noticed. Take me back up the hill to my grave, but first wait. One more look. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye, world. Goodbye, Grover's Corners. Mama and Papa. Goodbye to clocks ticking and Mama's sunflowers and food and coffee and new iron dresses and hot baths and sleeping and waking up. Oh, Earth, you're too wonderful for anybody to realize you. I'm sorry I no longer have my squeaky high 13-year-old voice or my long flowing locks that I pulled back with a hairband in 2012. Emily is overcome by the small details of an ordinary day. She can't stand watching the delivery boy, Joe Crowell, who is played by a pint-sized Jack Genius, walk along his route. Bubbles, a beardless Matt Wolverton, and a Justin Bieber hair-rocking Matt Scullin also made appearances in the play. <laughs> Emily can't stand how fast life moves. She complains there's not enough time to appreciate everything. Our town reminds us not to take the little details in life for granted find beauty in every tiny thing. From a lunar moth in the mines, to a firm handshake with Mr. Vinny at night, to the clouds rising up off the lake in the morning like they did on Saturday. In order to truly live, we must take advantage of every moment and fully commit to action. We've got to stop putting things off and waiting around for things to happen to us, because they won't. In order to discover who we are, in order to love, in order to appreciate our numerous blessings, it is imperative to exist in the moment. So find that thing you've been putting off. Could be swimming your half mile, could be writing a relative, telling a friend how much you care about them, or maybe it's learning how to drive. Today is the day to act, to shift out of neutral. Now that long walk's back and we have less than two weeks at camp, I urge you all to take advantage of the activities and group of people here. For come Sunday the 11th, this summer and the opportunities that come with it will be gone and irretrievable. We are so lucky to be here. Thank you. <laughs>